Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. And we are back for more adventures in the United Kingdom. We're still in Bath, if you've been listening to our recent episodes. But today we're only in Bath to begin the day and end the day. And what we did on uh, this particular day is we used Bath as a launching point to see some of the surrounding areas of Somerset. So that was one of the neat things about being in Bath is that we learned that there was options to go to all kinds of different places. There was tours available to see Stonehenge, the Cotswolds. If somebody hadn't been there, you could even take a day trip out to Cardiff, but we had already been there. So we ended up choosing a tour with a company called Mad Max that would go to a number of places, including Cheddar Gorge, the town of Glastonbury, a site called Glastonbury Tour. Which is in Glastonbury. Uh-huh. And then the city of Wells. So that would be an entire day of sightseeing. And we're going to recap what we did and what we saw on this particular day and that particular tour. Now, we considered Stonehenge, but mm-hmm. it was the tour was full when we uh, had looked into it. Yeah, the... I think it was sold out, but then we also looked at a whole bunch of what the options were. And I think we actually would have probably ended up picking the tour that we picked anyways, just because it seemed like it had a few things that were different and that we weren't familiar with. Yeah. If you are into movies, you could also um, see a place called Lecoq, which is an English village that might look familiar because it's been in quite a few TVs and movies. And one of the uh, biggest TV productions that has been filmed there is Downtown Abbey. Mm -hmm. But they've also had the movie Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Because of the quaint cottages and the picturesque scenes of the streets, it was perfect for filming. We chose not to go there. Actually, I don't even remember you mentioning that. So I think it is something that came up in in later research. Yeah, I didn't even learn about that option until we were getting ready to uh, record this particular episode. But needless to say, when we were planning our trip and we knew we were going to be in Bath for a few days, we did see a number of these day trip options. And I think this was the one time in our three weeks being in the UK that we decided to do something that was going to be like this day where we actually got on a formal tour where basically the day was scripted for us Mm -hmm. where the rest of our journey was completely almost kind of like fly by the seat of our pants, just kind of make our own itinerary as we go. So this particular day we were going to leave it in the hands of somebody else. Again, we chose Mad Max tours and this, what would turn out to be an entire day cost 45 pounds a person, which Which is very good. Yeah. I think super reasonable for an entire day of being carted around different places of England. 
So again, we took the um, the option out of the city of Bath. So our tour started at 9 a.m. and we met the bus. I guess we'll, we'll call it a, a bus or a passenger van. Passenger van. van, but it was quite large. Yeah, it was kind of like a Class B Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. 16-passenger vehicle, mm-hmm. I believe. And so we caught this just... A um, couple of blocks away from where the Bath Abbey is, so kind of in the market square of the city of Bath. Quite easy to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were very good with uh, giving us information on where this starts. And once we got on the bus or the van, mm-hmm. our tour guide was very good and very informational in telling us what was coming up next and what to look for. And, and uh, it was quite enjoyable. I enjoyed yeah. it. So that's one of the nice things I like about these tours is that you typically have somebody who will explain to you along the way what it is you're seeing. On this particular tour, we had narration provided both by the bus driver. Our gentleman's name was named Nicholas. As well as there was some interspersed pre-recorded narration that was provided by the namesake of Mad Max Tours, which is a gal named Maddie. So Maddie is the mad in Mad Max, and Max is her dog. So they would occasionally play the uh, pre-recorded narration that, that Maddie had provided. So we got a mix of both. And the first stop along the way was a place called Cheddar Gorge. Yes, yeah, so we're going to take you through the stops and the highlights of what we saw there. So there's about seven of those those highlights that we're going to walk through. Cheddar Gorge is a place, it's very interesting. It has very, very unique topography in England. It is reminiscent of canyons that we have seen in the Southwest mm-hmm. because it's limestone, which is very familiar to us here. We've, we have many limestone uh, canyons. Yeah. So when I was looking through these places that we were going to stop at, I actually did a little bit of looking through it. I thought that it was going to be this magnanimous, huge vista of rock and canyon. And, and like I see in the Southwest, mm. I was thinking Grand Canyon. I was thinking, you know, Yosemite. I was thinking all these different places that we've been. And so we came up to Cheddar Gorge and Nicholas was with much anticipation, you know, before we reached this destination, because it sounded grand Mm -hmm. to me as he was talking. And we reached it and I thought, this seems little small to me (laughs) in comparison to what we have seen here in the Southwest. For England... I guess this is extremely unique. Yeah, it's one of their top natural wonders. So you don't see yeah. this in their in their yeah. landscapes. So for them, this is a huge and magnificent. It was beautiful. It did have mm-hmm. a beauty to it. And there's many visitors that come through, about 500,000 visitors per year. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a few. Yeah. Why is it named Cheddar Gorge? Many, many years ago, Millions of years ago. <laughs> a whole lot of years ago. Millions yes. of years ago, it was uh, formed out of glacier activity, which is very typical for these kind of formations. There's many things that you can see. And one of the things that we were kept looking for were these sheep, these feral sheep. Yeah, because it's a place where it's kind of a habitat for a lot of wildlife. 
in this area. Ma- yeah. yeah, a lot of wild left. But Nicholas, our, our guy, kept saying there's goats up there too. So don't think that the goats are the feral sheep because they look very similar. They both have horns. And so I kept looking for these sheep and we never really saw them. But we did see the goats. I never saw a, sh- a feral sheep, but we did see the goats. I don't know what I saw. I just remember seeing animals on the mountains, and I don't know if they I could tell goats. a goat from a sheep. Yeah. And they, those goats were introduced um, a long time ago, so they try to keep the shrub down in the area. Mm. So the goats eat away the shrub, and they, mm-hmm. keep, they keep really good counts on both the sheep and the goat. Because if they start to multiply too much, then you're going to have the opposite effect of what they were looking for, because they'll eat away the shrub all of the shrub instead of leaving some and leaving it more of a natural environment. Yeah, so on this particular stop, they kind of used Cheddar Gorge mainly as a photo opportunity for us. So, you know, we kind of went through this canyony type of area. There was a place um, that was a turnoff for the van. It pulled over. We had a chance to go out, take some photos. We saw the animals on the mountains. But that was kind of all that we got really to soak out of this Cheddar Gorge area. Yeah. And that's, and so now one of the differences for me of you know being on a tour like we were versus traveling on your own, you have to stick to the script when you're on the tour. So this was, I don't know that we got, what, more than 15 minutes maybe outside of the van, 15, 20 minutes tops, I think, to yeah, just walk yeah, around a little bit. Yeah, it was more right? than, it, it, it was no more than 20 minutes. Yeah. And you did have to be careful because there were a lot of cars coming through and there were places where if you tried to scoot around um, some of the uh, rock, you were really there's like pretty some, much on the road. Yeah, some blind corners. So too, you had to be really careful about, about going around those corners. But this was an area that I think, you know, if we were traveling on our own, if we had a car and we did not have a car during the entire time in the UK, there is a very nearby city of Cheddar which would provide, you know, additional opportunities to, you know, taste some of the local food, see some more local sites. That wasn't part of this tour. So, you know, for me, one of the recommendations would be is if you wanted to soak up this area, because it does offer, you know, quite a bit more to see than was provided to us on the, on the tour. This would be one that you'd either want to find an option that allowed you more of an immersion in the area or you probably just do it on your own yeah we had when we had driven through you know there was kind of that thought going through your head it's like why aren't we stopping here right i think you had started to say a little while ago of why the place was called cheddar gorge and maybe yes i didn't finish that thought yeah so let's Um, do that so why it's called cheddar gorge is because in the gorge itself there are several caves and the caves were ideal for um storing cheese and that that's how they stored their their cheese, their cheddar cheese. Thus, the the village uh, was born out of that. It was called Cheddar. Mm-hmm. But the story is that a woman brought her milk into the cave, and she um, had done it improperly, or done it wrong, or put it in the wrong place, and it had curdled, and it was very sour, and it was started to create this cheese, and I guess. The villagers in that area or whoever was living in that area actually tasted it. And I guess they, they liked the taste of it. Thus began the emergence of cheese in that area. And cheddar cheese in particular. And cheddar cheese yes. in particular. There's also another fun fact about this cheddar area. And it's also known as the cheddar man. What's the cheddar man, Julie? The cheddar man is it's Britain's oldest complete human skeleton. And it was found in 1903 in one of the caves in that area. 
and they call him Cheddar Man because he was found there. Mm-hmm. He's estimated to be over 9,000 years old. That's unbelievable. There are older remains in the in the upper area of this gorge area that date from 12,000 to 13,000 years ago that have been found, but the this Cheddar Man is the first complete human's remains that they have found. And a hole was found in the Cheddar Man's skull, which indicates that he possibly died quite violently. Uh-oh. The other thing that we learned is that in 1997, there was some scientists that were able to sequence DNA that was extracted from one of Cheddar Man's molars, and they actually have found two people living in the village that share this exact same DNA as Cheddar Man, making Cheddar Man probably one of the most distant ancestors that's ever been traced back to somebody. So another fun fact out of the area of Cheddar Gorge. So let's move on, honey. Let's go on to uh, Glastonbury. Yeah, so after we uh, got our photos of the animals on the hills, we're back on the bus. And our next stop would give us two hours to explore an area. And this was the town of Glastonbury. So as we're approaching this town, the bus driver during his talk told us, hey, as you get to this area, you're going to find that there's three types of people in Glastonbury. One third of the people are the locals who live here. Another third are visitors and tourists. And then he said the last third are what he called alternative types. There's so no thought, explanation to that. So we thought, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> and I think we soon would, would kind of find out about this. So we'll yes. get to that in a minute. But there were several options for us to choose from in this town. And we had only two hours. So we kind of had to pick. There was an, there's an Abbey Church that has some neat history to it. So that would have been one option, but I think we would have had to commit the whole two hours to that. Yeah, and that's a church that's in ruins. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a chapel on one side of the town that looked somewhat intriguing to us, so we decided to visit that. That was pointed out as we drove by yeah. it by the um, tour guide. And there was also just exploring and soaking up the mm-hmm. town. So we mm-hmm. kind of decided on this particular trip that we were going to bypass the abbey but instead go to St. Margaret's Chapel and the Magdalene Almshouses. So that was the first thing that we walked over to. So this was a small kind of chapel on one end of the town, but it had a a kind of long history to it. So for Mm -hmm. 750 years, this chapel has been a place of prayer, of healing and shelter. Originally built in the 1200s, it was first a hospital for the sick. They think it might've been a leper house. When the monasteries were dissolved, the hospital was also abandoned. It was unroofed, but somehow the chapel survived. Through time, there was almshouses that were made part of this facility. Today, you can walk through them. And so we walked through this whole facility, and you've got these different rooms that they're made to kind of look like, I think in part, what they might have looked like back in yeah, the day. Yeah, I think they tried to replicate. Yeah, so some of them would have been like the living quarters would have mm-hmm. looked like. Some of them were kind of prayer type rooms mm-hmm. with iconography. Very small, very small areas, yeah. yeah. So this was kind of a neat place if somebody just wanted some quiet time, some prayer time. It was interesting, though. It had a very old, old feel to it. And there was in that little chapel area in the windows, they actually dated back all the way to um, the 1200s. But I think that's the only part that really survived something that long ago. 
Yeah, so we spent a little bit of time browsing this chapel. It's kind of a nice part of the uh, the morning that we're in Glastonbury. And then when we were done with the chapel, then we decided we were going to stroll into the town. And so, you know, at first glance, it just seemed like a quaint little town. And we thought, okay, it kind of looks like there's some places to English eat, town and some shops. And so we started walking down. It's very down. active, too. Yeah, yeah, there's a good amount of people yeah. kind of strolling around. But then we started looking to some of the windows. And, um, you know, lots of funky shops. And first we yeah. started to see the shops that had the crystals. And then there was stuff with magic and occult and all this new agey stuff. And then I remember there was one shop we looked at. It was like a bookstore and just to give you a sense of and this is kind of i think you know, kind of gives you the the vibe of what you, you're going to find in glastonbury so we're looking in through the window of the bookstore and we're seeing here's some of the books that we're seeing there's the magic mushroom explorer there's the book about lsd doorways in the numinous so you can imagine where these alternative people yes were now beginning to be um come into view <laughs> yeah the psychedelic gospels they have Plants of the Devil, a book about witchcraft and secret societies of rural England, and on and on and on. And the rest of the town would kind of have this kind of feel, this, uh, again, kind of... Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you started coming across uh, storefronts that were very interesting. I think what caught my eye the most was the witchcraft store. Mm-hmm. But there was all kinds of new agey type of storefronts yes but that, they, but they were very friendly you know there was a sign that had the welcoming that you could get free vibes free, if you go into vibes, a particular place yeah. and then there was a there was a lady that approached you too julie right that um yes she had a little she had these little tiny bouquets of lavender and i just i i looked at her and i guess that was her in and she looked at me and and she said um if i wanted the flowers and I said, no, thank you. And then she said, she said, well, would you like to touch her hand for good luck? And at that point, we had done a little bit of wandering around and, you know, we already noticed a lot of things that were different for us. Mm-hmm. And I was making some movement quite a bit with my right hand as we were walking through the town in terms of just being Catholic. And we tend to do the sign of cross when we get a little, little, um, Looking for protection. Yeah, I thought your arm was going to fall and, uh, off as many signs of the cross as you were making there, lady. <laughs> it was, it was interesting place. Yes. And by the time I got to this lady, I was literally clutching my crucifix. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I just kind of looked at her and I showed her the cross and I said, "No, no, I got it. No worries. I got all good it. Here. It's all good." Yeah. <laughs> I think we quickly learned what the alternative description that the bus driver was trying to give us a sense yeah. of. What and it and was apparently, all about. this is quite well known. To, oh, yeah. to the New Age crowd. And every year there's a huge festival that the bus ride was telling us about. And just thousands and thousands of people flock to this festival. Well, that's a music year. festival. Yes. It's not a witchcraft festival. Oh, well, but it draws, yes. that's who it draws in. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. No, but yeah, to your point, there's a festival that happens almost every year that brings in. Thousands, if not, it's probably like almost like Woodstock level is my understanding. That's in terms what, of, kind of how you yeah, described it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big place for music. But we weren't there for the weekend of the festival. Uh, again, just kind of you know, two hours in the town. But 
I think, you know, if we had a chance to go back to Glastonbury, I think the thing that we would spend time in, I would be interested in seeing is the Abbey Church. The Abbey Church, yeah. And one of the things that's interesting about the church, which, as you mentioned, is today it's in ruins. This particular church in Glastonbury is renowned as the legendary burial place of King Arthur and his wife, Guinevere. And a town with what they believe is one of the earliest Christian foundations in Britain. So there's, you know, there's a bit to see at the Abbey Church. But again, with kind of a limited time to soak up what the city had to offer, we decided we were just going to, you know, stroll around and and get a sense of the city. And so that's a bit of um, what we picked up in the town of Glastonbury. But as you had your episodes of waving your arms around, et cetera, I too was kind of taken aback a little bit. And when we were on the bus, I had to decompress a little bit, and I ended up writing a poem. You did. You can told I sh- me your can poem. I, can I share my poem Please, with you? Please, share your poem. So a poem by me during my time in Glastonbury. <clears throat> I met a witch in Glastonbury. I turned away in quite a hurry. For luck, she said, her hand to shake. I showed my cross. She quivered and quaked. From Glastonbury, I must scurry. Excellent. Yes. Very good. So, you know, again, the town of Glastonbury is very new agey. It might float your boat, but my boat does not float down that river. Next stop is one that I think we both agree that was our favorite. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Part of the tour. It is called the Glastonbury Tour. T-O-R. T-O-R. It is a hill. And in this area, this hill stands out quite a bit. Because it is it is higher than most of the level of everything else. And you've got this structure on it that is just completely stands out above everything mm-hmm. else. It is a large, narrow, tall structure. And you can see it from miles and miles away. The conical hill of clay and blue lias rises from the um, Somerset levels, which are very low. Uh, there's a lot of flooding in the Somerset levels. So this hill is quite above that level. It was formed when the surrounding softer deposits were eroded and they left that hard sandstone on which the tour was built upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of to me, it's like when you think about in the area, one of the sites you have to see is Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. This kind of to me is almost yeah. like maybe a cousin of that kind of thing. Very it's like so, yeah. it's just this odd structure that's like in the middle of this land and it's just very unique and it's intriguing and you know so we we thought it'd be kind of cool to see yeah so we had taken the um, van to an area that was kind of on the other one side of the hill Mm -hmm. and the bus driver let us out and we walked this path up the hill towards the tour it wasn't very strenuous. I thought it no. was fairly easy. Yeah, it was um, easy for I, us. I know I, for us it was. I yeah. know there was a, a few people that were struggling a little bit, but yeah. they all made it. Yeah, but up I think I think we did it wrong. We didn't climb it correctly. We didn't go barefoot. No, we had shoes on. We had shoes on. Yes, because there, yeah. there was other ladies who were walking up the hill, walking down the hill, and they were all in their bare feet. They were, yes. So I think very noticeable. I, th- I think that's the way you have to climb. Only the ladies. Only the ladies, yes. Yes, yes. So, Maybe they were goddesses. Yes, so... Because so, there was a whole goddess thing in Glastonbury. There was a whole we, goddess thing. There was a whole mention. building that had a goddess festival going on, or a yes. conference or something yes. going on, and we walked past that a couple of times. Yeah. And, but apparently, I think when you walk this land in your bare feet, you get... The magical energy that comes forth from 
the spirit world. Yes, yes. Right? You're grounded. Yes. You're grounded Grounding. to the earth. See, I like to, I do yes. everything with stuff on my feet, so I don't even walk in my house without socks on. <laughs> <laughs> There's something on my feet all the time. <laughs> no grounding for me. Um, Anyways. The, the tour itself was very unique. It was roofless, and it was also called St. Michael's Tower, which kind of gives you some kind of reference to maybe there was a Christian background to it also. Yeah, so they don't know the they exact really don't know. Yeah. origins of what this thing was, but they do, I think they have found some stories about some Christian mm-hmm. connection to this, but there's other stories too, so it's a big puzzle to a certain extent. Well, it's been around for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. So uh, my assumption is it could have changed hands too along the way. So when you go inside, because there's no roof, you're in this round structure and there was a dirt floor, I believe. And you look up and you can see the sky. Mm -hmm. There was something about looking up and seeing, because the weather was absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. And you looked up and you saw the blue sky and the, the clouds rolling by. And there was something about that. I have to tell you, there was a calming effect. Yeah, um, it was really neat. As you, as you were in there and you were looking up, it yeah, was very and, calming. And the structure itself, I mean, it's pretty narrow. I mean, from you know front to back and side to side. I mean, I don't know exactly how many feet it was, but my, I mean, my guess, you know, just trying to remember 30 feet by 30 yeah. feet-ish or so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it just kind of on the small side, but, but yeah. very, very tall. Very tall. So, again, kind of this unique structure. And then once you're on the hill, because it's like the one hill in the area and you've got this the structure on top of it, it's you, the views are 360 oh, degrees. amazing. Phenomenal. So, amazing. you know, we took various photos from there. It's a great place for that. And then there was also adjacent to the structure. I don't, th- I don't think you saw I this. I didn't see it, no. There was this sundial looking thing, but it wasn't for telling time. They actually had on it a pointer to, because you had the 360 degree views, which towns were in which direction and then what the mileage was to every town from the top of the Mm -hmm, tour. mm -hmm. So I think, you know, they had, you know, towns in Wales, they had various towns in England and, you know, all the different places that you could go. So there is a reference to the tour in many writings And the earliest reference was the mid-13th century, and it's the story of St. Patrick's return from Ireland, in which he became uh, leader of a group of hermits at Glastonbury, and he discovered an ancient ruined oratory there. Mm -hmm. So that's one reference to it in regards to uh, St. Patrick. So like, as you said, I mean, this was, I think, our probably our favorite part of the day. I mean, yeah, we I saw quite a few things yeah. during the day, but this was really neat to see. So if you're in the area of Bath and looking for something to do throughout the day, and if Stonehenge happens to be sold out, this would yeah. be a neat second alternative. So once we were done up there, which we took some time up there, mm-hmm. uh, we started going down the other side of the hill where we were going to meet the van. Because he gave us directions on exactly how to get to the van. Yes, he did. Yes. And if I was not with you, I would probably still be in Bath today yes. trying to find the van because I got like so disoriented. Yeah. Well, we'll explain that. Once you got down below, yeah. there was a place called the Chalice Well. Remember that? You remember? I do. Yes. So that how, was a how, very interesting place too. I forget, Julie. Yes. <laughs> or what we were told about the Chalice Well was there was two types of spring water that we could taste, taste from there. Taste, so, yeah. you know, we thought, okay, that would be kind of cool to see. And there was a... 
what a red spring and a white spring, I think, right? Yes. So the red spring apparently has water with a little bit of a reddish hue to it because of the iron oxide that's in the water. And that water is similar to the water that you have in in the nearby city of Bath at the Roman Baths is reputed to possess healing qualities. And of course, mm-hmm. being in Glastonbury, of course it has healing qualities. Yes, and, and another then, spring was there yeah, on the so, other side. Yeah, and the other side being just like, I mean, feet away. Feet right? away, yeah. yeah. So this was the white spring, and this comes from a different aquifer. And that water is colorless, but also has some calcite in it. So basically, we, we had a chance to taste both of them, and we kind yeah. of approached it like tasting wine. So right. we, we tried the white well first, yeah. and then the red no, springs. No, we did the red first, and then we did the white. No, when you do wine tasting, you do the, your Chardonnay before your Cabernet. I don't remember doing the white. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yes. right. Because we were standing next to those gentlemen that yes. were talking about what was happening to Glastonbury and yeah, how they were, upset they were about it. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't quite the same town as it used to be, apparently. Yes, right? yes. I think both of us, after tasting the uh, the well water, both decided that unlike our taste in wine, we actually liked the white better the white. than the red. Very so, distinct, though. So I have a fun fact about the Chalice Well that I also learned about afterwards as we were kind of getting ready for this uh, recording. And that is that Christian mythology suggests that the chalice well marks the site where Joseph of Arimathea placed the chalice that had caught the drops of Christ's blood at the crucifixion, linking the well to the wealth of speculation surrounding the existence of the Holy Grail. And there's a Mm. whole like Holy Grail mythology thing Mm -hmm. that I've heard about over the years in England. But they say that the red of the water is also said to be said by some Christians to represent the rusty iron nails used at the crucifixion. And it's said that beneath its waters, Joseph of Arimathea hid the chalice of the Last Supper and immediately the waters flowed red. So that's part of the mythology, the other mythology of this particular area and the uh, this whole chalice well area. Yeah, so we, we tasted the water and then as we're right next to where these wells happened to be, there was this structure of sorts and we hear this music and singing and chanting coming Yeah, so out caught of our it. attention. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And the the guys that you mentioned, they were um, standing outside kind of in this, what I would describe as new age garb, lamenting that the energy of the place was being destroyed. But we, again, kind of heard this Celtic-y sounding music coming mm-hmm. from the building. It sounded so very totally nice. piqued my interest. And there was a point where um, those doors were open. There was these entrance doors and they were open. So I kind of meandered a little bit closer to see if I could see anything. And there was a gentleman that came out to close the doors and he was wearing this robe with this pointy cap thing on the top. And I, and, and I instantly thought, oh no. We learned later that this was like some kind of pagan shrine. Yeah. And uh, apparently they pay homage there to Bridget, the Celtic fire goddess the Lady of Avalon, the King of Fairy, and then who knows what else knows in what there. Else. But apparently inside, it's a windowless structure. They light the candles. They sing the music. Now, this is connected to those wells, to the... the mm-hmm. um, no, because there's all got springs. that... Springs. Yeah. En- the energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and there's some kind of water source in there. I bet they have bare feet, too. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. So, yeah, so there's some some kind of water source in there, and... 
You can actually bathe in there if you want, in the nude if you choose to. That's allowed. Yes. Yes. Although they say the water is very cold. Yes. 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 But it does have healing powers. Yes, of course. So that was another um, sign of the cross for me. And uh, then we decided to move along. Because it was time to get back. It was time to get back. It was getting to the point where we knew we had to get back. So I, I turned and I started walking down the street and mm-hmm. I probably you, told you that you were on the wrong way. You did. did. Yeah. So yeah you like, started, you had that perplexed look on your face to do. And you, you're like, where are you going? And it's a good thing. You didn't listen to me. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to the bus. Yes. And you're like, that's not how you, you don't go that way. And I said, yes, you do. So I kept walking cause I knew I was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you followed. I did follow <laughs> because I, I actually had no idea. The bus driver gave specific instructions on where to meet the bus. And, um, I, I listened and apparently your head was looking at something else, which you do, which is fine because, mm-hmm. you know, between the two of us, we usually catch each other. And then when we got back to the bus though, the, uh, the bus driver had a little treat for us. So he let us taste some cheddar cheese mm-hmm. and sip some cider. And it seemed that in, in this general area, I think it was what we've mentioned on some prior episodes, cider seems to be yeah. one of the popular drinks. So we had some of that before we got on to our next stop. So now we're back on the bus and we're off to what would be the last, kind of the last scripted stop of the yeah, day, which right. was going to be the city of Wells, which is also known as England's smallest city. And the uh, main attractions that there were to choose from here included the Cathedral of Wells, a structure adjacent called the Bishop's House. And then there would be a place called Vickers Close that was also an option, as well as the town, the kind of the small village, if you would, Mm -hmm. of of Wells. Yeah, when we first walked into the town, um, there was a farmer's market going on, like an open air market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so the bus led us out close to the cathedral, but it was like kind of around lunchtime. So we decided, and we were going to be in the city for two and a half hours Mm -hmm. with the farmer's market and all that activity going on that we would walk that way and see if we could get a bite to eat. Mm -hmm. So um, we're kind of strolling through the town and there was a lot of people in on the street and vendors and all kinds of things. Yeah, there was all kinds of uh, stations and places in this open air market selling all kinds of things. So we stopped at a place called the Faso Lounge and this place was had a lot of people in it i was very popular and so at this place we actually ended up having uh, some vegan options and their menu had quite a lot of vegetarian foods and so we had something called the super green salad there and that was our first completely green meal during by this time it would have been one week that we've been in the uk so i think we were ready for some salad and greens yeah and it had it it had lots of stuff on it it had some uh pureed beets and it was it was very good and a mommy broccoli tomatoes spinach it was it was filling it was yeah. good it was kind of a nice uh change of pace compared to the food that we were eating so yeah. if you're in wells yeah the fossil lounge would be a, a recommended place to eat so we had our fill got our bellies full and then it was time to go to wells cathedral it was magnificent. So, I mean, from the outside, you're just walking up to the outside and looking at the facade of the building. Mm-hmm. It was so ornate. It was unbelievable. You could sit there and just just admire, the look at of, the building yeah. for quite a long time and just try to pick out some of the um, scenes that were in the facade itself. Mm-hmm. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And large. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Wells 
Cathedral has a suggested donation. We didn't know what was going to happen at this cathedral because it was pretty bottled up. And I don't think that there was any way that we were going to get by. There was no the escaping desks. the suggested donations. <laughs> no, so. they, they stopped you. And Not that said, we're inclined to bypass the donations. No, no. We, we make and, our donations. and I tell you, that was a, that was a, a well worth mm-hmm. donation. It yeah. really was. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. It took about 65 years to build the cathedral and was established around the 12th century. The facade is just absolutely magnificent on the outside and the inside was just as magnificent. So when we went in and we saw those Gothic arches in the main cathedral itself, I mean, it was just stunning. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely stunning. They don't make them like that anymore, huh? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, the altar was beautiful. There was many, many crypts on the side. There were a series of tombs, I think seven of them, that were of the early bishops of Wells. Mm-hmm. There was stained glass that was absolutely gorgeous. There was images of saints. There was images of kings. Mm-hmm. I believe kings were buried there. I think so. Yeah. Yes, it, it was quite, quite beautiful. Well worth going. We were walking around. Yeah, and we started to hear some music. Yeah. So that caught my attention, probably of course, both of our yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. So we actually kind of took a detour and went to see what was happening with the music and came upon a chamber ensemble. Mm-hmm. That had just, I think, finished a performance, was our understanding, or a, a or rehearsal. Practiced or something. Because yeah. there was also going to be a performance later that yeah. day of the box St. John Passion. Mm-hmm. But given that they were finished, we kind of walked over to the, the keyboard players area. So there was a harpsichordist there. So mm-hmm. we struck up a conversation with the harpsichordist. As I've mentioned on prior episodes, being a keyboardist myself, that, you know, I always have an intrigue with that. So, you know, got a chance to see his instrument. Uh, he told us about it as well as this chamber organ kind of an electronic version, if you would. That was also interesting. But the the sound in the cathedral of oh, what we did here of the rehearsal was spectacular. Amazing. You know, you've got this reverberant no space. Yeah, it was all like natural yeah. sound, non-amplified. And you could just sit there and just enjoy the spectacular music. So mm-hmm. we didn't have a chance to like actually soak up an entire concert but if you were in the city uh, of wells and if there happened to be a performance happening at the cathedral go yeah because because definitely the, go. it's one of those spaces where the, the space itself just adds something to the music that otherwise you just um mm-hmm. you don't get other than in those types of spaces so pretty cool yeah so we we really enjoyed that part of our tour yeah I, I i would say that that uh you know there was the glastonbury tour yeah. which was i think that was the highlight for me but this followed it right mm-hmm. after yeah and then, so this is my chance also to say that because up until this point if you've been following along on prior episodes of our journeys through the uk i think i've um had something little negative to say about every you know most of the churches that we've been in as far as their portrayal of history so just to kind of point out that i'm not walking away having that impression of every single church that i walked into in england this one actually was stunning was was actually impressive so so there you go so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we walked out of the cathedral and the other place that you could go and walk around and look at was the bishop's gardens yeah so we thought we would go take a look at those. So we thought, huh? Yeah, let's go look at that. And there was an entrance 
And we soon learned that there was a fee involved in that too. Yeah. So we decided, oh, we're just going to pass up on that. And yeah. we kind of just walked around the area and the, there's a gigantic moat around the Bishop's Palace. Mm-hmm. So we walked around that and we saw swans and... Signets. Signets. Yes. Little baby swan. Yes. It was so cute. Yeah. Saw lots and lots of pictures of the little baby swan because yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah. So this whole area you know outside inside is just magnificent to see and again you're being on a tour we were constrained to a time schedule if you didn't have a time schedule you could you could spend you know a nice amount of time in the city of wells probably more than two and a half hours so this was a a neat part of the the day as well Mm -hmm. and then so when we were done with the cathedral you know we still had a little bit of time not a whole lot Right. We we were limited. Yeah. We were definitely limited. Before we had to get back on the bus. One of the things we decided to do, there were some nearby almshouses. Mm-hmm. We were walking by those and there was a, this older lady that looked over to us and said, hey, if you hurry, too sweet, you can get the last showing of the almshouses and get some fruitcake and tea. And I hear, hey, fruitcake <laughs> and tea, I'm in. So we're making our way through these almshouses and it's a bit of a maze. You go through one, you go through another. We kind of scurried through it because we knew we were limited on time. Yeah, and I just wanted the fruitcake and the tea. Yeah. (laughs) And there was no fruitcake and tea until you got to the very Very last area. And by that time, we we were kind of just about out of time. So while she sucked me in with the overture of the fruitcake and tea, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to have any of that. So we were uh, hurrying on to get to the bus, but we had one more stop before we would get on the bus and that was yeah so we headed in the direction of the bus and right next it was at the cathedral mm-hmm. in the front of the cathedral area and he wasn't there yet so uh, we hadn't seen the vicar's close mm-hmm. which is a historic street in wells historic in terms that it's the oldest purely residential street with its original buildings surviving intact in Europe. In all of Europe. So it's not historic just for Wales or all of England, but apparently for Europe. Yeah, it goes that's, it goes as far back as the mid-14th century, honey. That's old. Yeah, so that's interesting because, you know, so we read about this and we had heard about this before that it had this um, history about being like, again, the, the oldest purely residential street. But then I think about other places we've been to in Europe and like, I partly find that a little hard to believe that there's not other places that are older, you know, in some of these communities that we've been through, but that's, that's what they had on the website. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to tell too, because, you yeah. know, during the war, a lot of these places were destroyed and had to be rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it has this notoriety from, again, the type of street that it is. So yeah. you know, the fact that it is, a residential street and you know the type of residences that are there given that kind of type of street that it is apparently it's the oldest one of its kind in all of europe mm-hmm. so so there you go it's in the city of wells so originally there were 42 houses that were built there one per vicar mm-hmm. but some of the houses were combined following the reformation when the vicars were allowed to marry mm-hmm. This landmark was designed to provide communal accommodation for the vicar's choral, who sang daily worship um, at the cathedral. So today, this close has 27 residences. There's also a chapel there, a library, a treasury, 
and a monument room. And I don't know what a monument room yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But they have one there. There's a dining hall that's connected right to the cathedral. And there's a covered walkway um, called the Chain Gate Bridge. This whole street is, I mean, it's only 460 feet long. So, it's you know, you can easily walk up and down the whole thing, which I think we, we probably did most of it. Mm-hmm. And it was a neat Another kind of historic area to see. In, oh, I in loved this it. Area. I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. You know, we got a chance during the day to see all kinds of different things from, you know, natural landscape at Cheddar Gorge to a real funky town of Glastonbury to this unique structure and Glastonbury tour. And then, you know, this fantastic cathedral and uh, historic areas in the city of Wells. So for 45 pounds, you know, we got a pretty nice day full provided to us by Mad Max Tours. Yeah. So we started at 9 a.m. in the morning and we returned at 5.30 p.m. in the evening. So it was a very full day. So that's uh, an idea of if you find yourself in the city of Bath and given where Bath is, there is the option to do some nice day trip sightseeing. This is one example of what you can do. So you know, hopefully this information provides some value if you're thinking about planning a trip and you think of you know what might be a nice way to spend a full day, this is a nice option for you. So when you think back about this trip, would you what would be, would you recommend this kind of itinerary to somebody? I would. I would not do it this particular tour again, I would probably try to do the Stonehenge or something like that mm-hmm. just to have something different under the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely recommend uh, this type of tour. There's so many to choose from, too. So um, whatever your interests are, you kind of have to do a little research and see what really gets your heart racing a little bit. So, But I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, it, I even did Glastonbury, was, it was a different type of experience and... I'm always up for different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we walked away with just a ton of photos, and I think about it, you know the diversity of what we saw during the day, so many different types of shots that we got. So, mm-hmm. so I do have a couple of tips that I'm going to throw out here. So one of them is if you're going to Glastonbury, and if you happen to be kind of like us, you may want to fill your iPod with some Gregorian chant to give you some balance for what you're going to come across. That's just me. I'm just saying. And then the other tip is if you are on a tour like this, do plan in advance to have some actual hard cash money to tip your tour guide. Your so guide that, that's always, yeah, you know, if they're yeah. providing this kind of experience for you, it is nice to, to give them a nice tip for the journey that, Absolutely. that they're taking yep. you on. So, so there you go. So that's our adventure out of Bath into these different areas. And I guess the last thing that I would mention before we take off here is if you haven't already, and if you enjoy these podcasts, if you please subscribe, that would be great. And if you can leave us a review on the podcast engine Mm -hmm. that you use, that would also be fantastic. And we've got more adventures from the UK still upcoming. upcoming. So after Bath, we are heading off to all kinds of places in and around London and then some more. So more on the way. So until next time. Please join us on the places where we go. If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at 
the places where we go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.